You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Discover the tools you need to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. From family and wellness to business and goals, it's time to dream out loud. It's time to rock it. This stuff will rock your world. Rock! And now your host, Chasta. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Rock Your Life podcast. I am Chasta, and boy, do we have an inspirational, amazing guest here on the podcast today. Everyone in San Francisco, everyone in the Bay Area knows Ronell. Ronell is the PA announcer for the San Francisco Giants. She also spent over 30 years on the radio here in the Bay Area on multiple iconic Bay Area radio stations. The Rock Your Life podcast is all about living your life to the next level, really going for it, doing the big things, chasing the dreams, and boy, has Rennell done just that. She has made history in baseball in a couple different ways. In 2000, Rennell became the second full-time female public address announcer in Major League Baseball history when she joined the Giants. And then also, she was recognized by the Baseball Hall of Fame as the first female announcer of a championship game in any professional sport for her role in the 2002 World Series. That is truly inspirational. But on a personal level, Rennell is just an inspiring, beautiful human inside and out. She's very much into fitness and health, which is actually why we're connecting today. She is the ambassador for the giant race. Not only is she the ambassador, she's also the bobblehead, which we'll definitely have to talk about. But I am running the giant race this year, and I really wanted to dig in and talk to Rennell about all kinds of things. And health and fitness will be a big part of that, both mental and physical. I know that's important to her, and you guys know from listening to this podcast, that is very important to me. If you want to run, walk, or even crawl the giant race, make sure you check it out, giantrace.com. Sign up. You get all kinds of amazing giant swag. It's virtual this year, so you can run it from literally anywhere because in 2020, we have to be virtual. But it really is a great thing to get you motivated, get you off the couch, especially in these weird quarantine shelter-in-place times. You may need a little extra motivation, and hopefully the giant race could serve you up just that motivation that you need. All right, you guys, so let's get into it. I know Ronelle and I are going to hit it off. We've never met, by the way, and we also are chatting over Zoom. So if there's any kind of blips or funky Zoom sounds, you'll know exactly what that is. So forgive those, but let's get into it. Miss Ronelle Brooks-Moon. Hi, Ronelle. How are you? Good for you. I'm so great. You look so beautiful. Thank you so much for being with me today. That's sweet of you to say. You look beautiful as well. We had a four-hour, 22-minute game last night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. What time did you get home? Babe, what time did I get home? I don't even know. <laughs> She's like, what day is it? 11. 11? It or couldn't have been. Between 10, 30, I don't know. Down. Girl, I don't make it past 9 o'clock these days, so <laughs> anything past that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it was, it was long and so late. You know, 6.45, four hours. Oh, geez. Anyway, (laughs) I don't even know. And it never fails. Whenever I have to be up to do something the next morning, it goes along. Of course. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the rule of life right there. Well, even more so than I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with me on the podcast today. Uh, I just want to officially introduce myself. I know you, everyone knows Rennell, but I'm Chast. I work on the bone here in San Francisco. I'm the only girl in the station. So holla. (laughs) Okay. 
I've been down that road. Okay, I know we're going to bond over that for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do that and I work for Soundwaves TV. That is my TV show that promotes local music. And then I have this podcast, the Rock Your Life podcast, uh, which is all about taking your life to the next level and uh, going for it and doing everything you can max capacity. So you're a huge inspiration to me and I'm just really excited to have you on today. Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. Yeah, I was the only girl way back in the late 80s. So. Yeah. <laughs> you and I would have thought that we would have more representation all these years later, but it's still an uphill battle. You know, it's amazing, Ronell, And that was one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today. So, I mean, everybody knows you. You're a San Francisco icon, but a lot of people listen to this uh, podcast that aren't in San Francisco. So just to catch everyone up, uh, Ronell, you have been on radio for 30 plus years. You were you had a huge radio career here in the Bay. You've been the PA announcer for the San Francisco Giants for 20 years. Uh, you've been on TV. I mean, you've done it all here in the Bay and everyone knows you. you're like, your name is Ronell Brooks Moon, but everyone knows you. You're, you're the share of the Bay Area. <laughs> it's just Rennell. Well, thank you for that. I, I love <laughs> and I, I mean that in name only, obviously. <laughs> Listen, I love Cher. I don't mind being uh, compared to her or being mentioned in the same sentence at all. <laughs> okay, go. good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. But yeah, you have, you've done a lot to say the least. But one thing that really stuck out um, was that you and I, we do bond over that being women in predominantly male industries, that being radio and of course, sports broadcast casting as well. Uh, you know, we're, we're two girls that have had to hold it down. So, you know, what's been your secret for being a female in uh, this male world all this time? You know, I don't know if there really is a secret. I, I know that we as women and especially women of color have to work two times, three times, four times harder. I have faced great adversity. There have been many times where I've just wanted to throw the towel in. Yeah. But what I, when I wake up, Chasta, I, you know, I, to meditate and center myself and understand that what I do, I love it and it's fantastic, but it also comes with such a huge responsibility. Sure. You know, little girls are watching us and young women are watching us and um, it's our responsibility to show them the possibilities that they have now, they, yeah. slim though they may appear to us. Yeah. But when I was a little girl, none of this was possible for me. Yeah. yeah. So I try to just keep that in mind. And, you know, you just got to keep your eyes on the prize and stay the course because we, although we have made some advancements, like you and I were just saying, it's ridiculous that you're the only woman there, right? Yeah. yeah. In, in 2020. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know that I've had a secret. I, I do know that I'm exhausted. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had to fight all this time. <laughs> From I get it. So you know, and in my radio career, you know, I, I was never treated the same as my male counterparts. I never made the same money. Oh, and, no. You know, and then when I would, you know, speak up for myself and, you know, uh, you know, ask for what I'm worth, then we get labeled as difficult or not sure. a player. So there are so many challenges. But the other thing that's really important is I have such great girlfriends, not just in this industry, but in my life. But it's so important to have good girlfriends in this industry because nobody knows what it's like. You and I have just met, but I guarantee you we probably have a million of the same stories and experiences. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you just now, when you were saying that, like, I remember going through contracts and them asking, well, your husband makes good money, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I've been in radio for almost 20 years, you know, so I've gone through a lot of radio stations, a lot of markets, just like you have. That's the nature of radio, uh, you know, going through a lot of stations. And so you deal with a lot of different managers and a lot of different contracts happen and all kinds of things. And those are questions that women just, they just get, that's just the way it is, you know, and most often I've been either the only female period or the only full-time female, most of the time, the only girl on a morning show for sure. Um, so it's, it's an interesting place to be. And you do have to be a confident girl and be like, like, I tell myself I'm a badass every single day when I wake up. That's yeah. like, it hangs on my mirror. You're a badass bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, that's true. And you are. And that's what keeps us going because it's, this is bigger than us, what we do. It's Amen. so much us yeah and how cool is it that like when little girls go to oracle park you know they see you in the booth and they see what you do and what i mean it just goosies right it gives me like chills to think about little girls like they have you as an inspiration it's been amazing and i would have to say that the most rewarding part of this job is the impact that it has on little girls and little boys too because my gender nor my race, they could care less. Right, they bring, right. their, they bring me their little league cards or they <laughs> wait for me to show up at the ballpark so I can sign their gloves or their caps. And little girls, just if they see me at the ballpark, they'll just come and just hug me. Oh <laughs> my God. It's so fantastic. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to sit in that booth and be that light and that you know, vision of possibility for, for little girls, especially, but for little boys to, to not, you know, care, you know, they're growing up in a different time, you know, yeah. they see women sportscasters all the time. That's not uncommon to them. So right. that was, uh, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. So those things have just been icing on the cake of what is already an amazing job. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure the Giants take such great care of you. They're a great organization. And what you do is so, so cool. I have to say, like, I've been on the air for 20 years. You've been on the air your whole career. Do you, do you ever get nervous still? Because you're, it's different being doing what you do than obviously me being in a studio like this on a microphone where I don't see the millions of people. You have like a lot of people looking back at you. Do you get nervous? I mean, you've done it 20 years. I'm sure it's kind of old hat now, but that's a big deal. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's so funny because um, I've only been nervous twice. Game one, April 11th, 2000. Oh my God. The very first game and I was on the field to host the pregame ceremony. I wasn't, so I'm on. Oh, uh, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh my God. And not only in front of 40,000 people, but you know, a million people watching on television as well. Sure. Right? Oh Lord. So that was one. The second one was game three of the 2002 World Series. The first game we played here at home. Right. And all of a sudden, there's all this attention on me, Chasta, because I'm the first woman to ever do this. Not right. just in baseball, but to announce a championship game in any professional sport. And we're playing the Angels. And so I'm getting all of these media requests from Southern California news outlets, which right. I was like, not in any way, shape, or form prepared for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't even get, you know, my game face on or get in my zone because I was doing media all day. Right. I, my stomach was in knots. I couldn't eat. And, you know, not, now I'm going really to the world. It's the World Series. They're going to hear my voice all over the world. Oh, yeah. So those are the two times that I've been super nervous. I don't get nervous anymore. It's like riding a bike. I'm so comfortable. Um, 
But here's something that the, the, my, my program director, my very first job, when he put me on the air, he said, I want you to just imagine yourself in your living room with your family and friends. Yeah. I want you to be who you are. Don't change your tone. Don't change your voice. Yeah. Be that woman that we see in the coffee room and in the coffee machine. Yeah. Listeners can tell if you're not your authentic self. So true. Oh my God. Right. And yeah. I still hear, and he's still in my life. Shout out to Dave Sholin, the Duke. He's still in my life and has still been a mentor. Every time before I turn a mic on, I always hear him say that, be your authentic self. Now, obviously in baseball, you know, it is Major League Baseball, so I can't, you know, be wacky and zany, obviously. Right. But my style has evolved over the years where I have kind of allowed myself to let a little bit of my personality um, come into the game if it's warranted. Like last night, at the end of the game, I was like, I gave the final totals, and I'm like, in time of tonight's game, four hours. <laughs> Right, right. And you, you have earned the right to throw your personality out there. I mean, you've been with the Giants for 20 years and everybody adores you. So that, you know, I'm sure there's, that's no big deal. Thank you. But you know, you do have to respect the game, but there are times that I can, you know, kind of throw in a little bit of Renell. And actually the great Roy Steele who just passed away, the uh, voice of God at the Oakland Coliseum was such a wonderful friend and and colleague, and he kind of gave me license to kind of relax my style a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so true being authentic to who you are and connecting with your audience. You know, I actually had a similar experience with a PD uh, who put up a picture of my nephew in front of me and was like, talk to that kid, you know? And he was like, and, and so it, it's been ever evolving and, and his coaching style was a little abrupt. So, but I'll, I mean, I don't want to give him credit cause he wasn't a super nice guy, but, <laughs> but I will say, but I will say he had, he had a good point. And so even while I was at that time doing news and traffic, reporting, which was more serious, like what you're saying, like I needed to be respectful of what I was saying. He wanted me to lay back and be a little bit more casual. But now, you know, on the bone and jocking, I, my listeners are my family. And I'm sure you always felt like that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you share every, you live your whole life on the microphone. You really do. It's, it's unbelievable. Actually, it's not unbelievable, but radio is so personal, as you know, and the, the connections that you make. I mean, I still have listeners reach out to me and say, I'll never forget listening to you on 9-11 and how you got us oh, through that sure. morning. Right. Or it's attached to a family memory. It's, uh, you know, yeah. especially, you know, doing morning radio, especially you're getting up, you're getting the kids ready, you're getting ready for work and everything. But I still have, I, I met you at the In Vogue concert in 1998. You know, I still get these totally kind of wonderful memories. You really are such a part of people's lives. And I will say that a lot of our male colleagues don't get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might just be a woman thing because we're naturally, you know, nurturers and everything, but yeah. the guys just go in and they just think they can do this. We actually care about what we're saying and oh, the information yeah. that we're giving to our audiences. You know, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh. It's a privilege to be able to entertain and inform them each and every day. Then the guys just kind of come in and not all of them, but they just, you know, phone it in a lot of the time. They come in and, and it's okay for them to be silly or say things that are off the cuff. And I think maybe that goes back to being um, in a position where you're, you're a minority, like being an only woman on a radio station. Like I take that very seriously, you know, cause, because I feel like I'm speaking on behalf of women, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you, yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, especially with Lamont and Tonelli, because they're so crazy and zany and over the top that I might, part of my job is to sort of pull back the dial a little bit. You know what I mean? Because if you live at 11 all the time, then it's, it, it's too much, right? It's like too crazy, too over the top. So I, my job 
in part is to sort of pull it back in my own way, which is the way that I, you know, do it. But it, it is something that I take very seriously and connecting with our audiences. Like you said, like people will send you messages. Some, it's always things that you don't even realize people will like connect with too. You know what I mean? I've always found that it's like, you know, people will be like, oh yeah, I remember when you said that one thing and you don't even remember saying <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so powerful. That microphone is so powerful and it yeah. comes with huge responsibility. I mean, of course what we do, it's fun and we love it and sure. it's entertainment and, you know, we get to meet and interview, you know, some of our favorite artists. That, that's great. But that microphone comes with such power and such responsibility. I've always felt that particularly what we're living through now, how important is the microphone now going through COVID and the racial un, uh, strife and unrest and everything. This, this, this mic is a powerful tool for us right now. I will tell you right now, I take my job so seriously. I, especially right now with everything, especially since like, since COVID and then what ha started happening uh, with this racial movement. And I, it's so important to my heart. And I, that's actually when I launched this podcast. Cause I was like, oh, hell no, I got to say something. Like I am, I am tired of being on the air where I can only, you know, have a minute, minute and a half at a time to say my piece. I'm going to, I'm going to dig in and talk about some important stuff. And so- yeah, you know, because it's like, God, we do have this microphone and we can express ourselves in limited ways. But if you really want to get it all out there, you can you can now do it on a podcast, however you want. And look, like you're saying, I know people on the bone, they're there for very specific purposes. Like they want to connect with me, but they want the music, they want the funnies and all that stuff. I figured if people want to go deep and, and get some important uh, information out there, that this was a good place to do it. So how have you been holding up with everything, with COVID, with the racial insanity that's been happening, with the politics and it's only going to get worse from here. Like, how are you dealing with everything? Not well. I'm going to be yeah. totally honest with you. Not well. It has been, I think I heard somebody say it's almost three months to the day that George Floyd was murdered. I think I heard that on the air this morning. Yeah. And, and these three months have they've kicked my behind in yeah. so many ways. I mean, first of all, you know, when shelter in place hit, I have a 94 year old mother that lives by herself down in Menlo Park. Mm. She's doing better than all of us. Let me just say that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but obviously she was my, you know, my main concern. It's like, I wasn't thinking about myself. And it's like, you know, I don't want her to be isolated, but you know, thank God we've got wonderful neighbors and she's still just as social and as busy as ever. And then <laughs> I, I was it. like, well, what's going to happen with, with my work? I mean, not just the baseball season, but all the other voiceover work that I do and mm -hmm. all of the events that I host annually. And I'm like, well, you know, I was just sitting around for a couple of weeks going, Hey. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. It's like the rug got pulled out from under, under us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of got into my head and I started really kind of worrying about stuff. And, and I got, you know, when Michelle Obama said she had low grade depression, I was like, well, I'm right there with you. And in fact, I don't think mine is low grade. I think mine's, you know, a little higher because sure. I, I couldn't, I could not figure out my role in the world and, and my, what my life was going to look like. So, and then, and then I know we're going to get to talking about fitness, but yeah. you know, it's a huge part of my world is my gym workout every morning. Amen. I mean, that is my lifeline. If it, you know, I get to that gym first thing in the morning and clear it all out and I'm good for the, for the day. And also I've, I've struggled with my weight my entire life. So, you know, that was taken away from me and then trying to figure out different ways to work out at home or outside. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, then, George Floyd was murdered. And well, prior to that, after those two weeks of not having anything, I was getting all of these requests to do PSAs, you know, mm -hmm. to remind sure. everybody, stay at home, social distance, wear your mask. And uh, a lot of 
PSAs and a lot of different uh, virtual things with the Giants for our fan base. So sure. that's, that starts to come fast and furious. And then when George Floyd is murdered and the protests take over around the world, now I'm getting all these requests to, to be panelists and mm-hmm. you'll be in town halls and Zoom meetings to discuss to discuss race, to have those conversations that mm-hmm. we should, that I've been trying to have with people for my entire career. Really. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, so that, uh, my, it's like my, I've always been an activist, uh, but it really stepped up a notch. And then I really realized how people really kind of view me in this community because I was just getting, uh, and I had to, you know, my husband was like, you can't do everything. You can't, right, exactly, you can't, yeah. You have to say, no, you are a voice, you are not the voice. But I also found that to be really, um, really impactful for me and very meaningful for me that I could use my voice as I've always tried to do throughout my career for the greater good. Sure. But it's, but it's also been emotionally very taxing because white people don't understand that every time we see a video or see another mom, like Jacob Blake's mom yesterday, mm. um, it's, it, it's, we're reliving a trauma and, and all of us have had that either happen to us or someone in our family. Sure. So every time we talk about it and every time we see a video, we're reliving a trauma. Mm-hmm. And, in, and I feel like I've just been on that hamster on the wheel, reliving that and talking about it. And I finally just had to, you know, check out for a few oh, days. Sure. Oh, sure. I mean, I could only imagine. I do have to ask, and I hope this isn't uh, too personal, but like for you, so when I start first launch this podcast, I launched it literally like a week before George Floyd um, was murdered. Yeah. And, and I said on that very first podcast, I'm like, this is the place I'm going to talk about hard things and we're going to get in, we're going to make some change and all that stuff. And then that happened. And I was like, oh God, like yeah. here I am a white girl, I'm, I, I'm in a box by myself, but I've got to talk about this because mm. it was, you know, it hit me so hard, obviously in a different way, but I was like, oh, hell no. So I went on and I did a podcast about it and I felt really good about what I, I had said and, and done. And then my good friend, Marcus Osborne, he came on uh, to Facebook and he messaged me. He's like, I'll be your black friend. And he was like, I, cause he is a dear friend of mine. He's like, but I'll be that guy for you. Let me talk to you. Let's do this on your podcast. You can ask me any questions. Nothing is off, you know, limits just go. And I was like, oh God, it was so cool to have that like very open free moment of just, you're not going to say anything wrong. There's no, like, there's no awkward moment here. We're just friends talking. And so we had another conversation about it on this podcast and it, it, it was so healing for me to like hear how, and it's not about me, but to hear how like he was processing it in real time and like giving me grace to just say the wrong stuff and all that. But then again, so that's one side of it, right? Like you've been wanting to have this conversation as you said for years and years, but then you become in his words, the token black friend of every single white person that, you know, they're like, Oh, well, I'll just ask Rennell. That's gotta be like, I guess good, but also exhausting. Like then you become sort of used in that way. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you're you're saying that totally right. And and by the way, don't don't have any fear about saying the wrong thing because the only wrong thing to say is to say nothing. And that's what you, I felt. That's how I felt that time. There, you know, and that's the only way we can move the conversation forward. That's the only yeah. way uh, we can learn and grow and work together. We have to talk about it, and we have it, and that's why everything's exploding in the way that it is now. Um, for me, though, my experience has been um, with my with my white friends. Um, particularly the the younger ones, the kids that I have mentored um, uh, through the years have all just really, first of all, what touched me is they reached out to just say, they all call me Mama R. 
mm. mama are how are you are you are you okay uh, you know are you okay yeah. and then it's like uh they're not even asking me they're checking on me and they're saying i'm doing what i can i'm trying to learn i'm trying to read right. I'm trying to my, so they weren't even asking me for that help although they knew i'm there for them should they need it right so what i appreciate was more often than not they were reaching out to really check on my well-being yeah. because they they, they they know my journey you know they know my history they know my activism so so i i didn't feel i didn't feel like i was like you know the the token black friend at all i really felt i good that my and that's why they're in my life you know right. these kids life and then you know in my you know some some of the colleagues, you know, from back in the day, it's like, okay, I could maybe do without those conversations. Right. But, but, <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm not sure, so sure you all are so sincere and authentic. I feel like you just feel like you kind of need to do this right That's now. That's exactly my point. There was because, a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Because the company probably now has a diversity, inclusion, you know, equity exactly. and inclusion. And so you have to do this to maybe, you know, fulfill your obligation there. Right. But for my personal circle, I felt very much supported and cared for. So yeah. that for me was a real positive in all of this darkness. And there's been so much darkness. I can't even understand how we're here in 2020. And, and I don't understand um, speaking on behalf of, you know, white folks. I don't understand how white people are like, I don't know what to do. What should I do next? Like, get in there, start learning, educate yourself, understand where this all started, how it continues, institutional racism, like get it, it just it boggles the mind. There's so much information out there. There's so many things to eat up as far as, um, you know, history and understanding that it's just really not hard to find a place to start. I just really encourage people to start listening. That's the most important part. Listen. Exactly. And exactly. taking it in and making that change in your heart and in your own life. And that will, it will trickle out. It'll domino effect, you know? Yeah. I could go on for days about that, but I'm glad to know that you're doing well. And I, and I pray, <laughs> I pray that things will get better, you know, that we'll, we'll find a place. Pray every day. Couple months that will, things will uh, start to get better. We'll see on that. Front. Pray so hard every day. I pray yeah. for the world. I, you know, I pray for all the people we've lost in this horrible, horrible. Oh, I know. Make. I, you know, I pray for the families of all the, you know, the victims of, you know, the police brutality and the, it's just, it's just, it's exhausting, but you know, and I've come, my mom is like the prayer warrior of, of the world. Yes. So I know how to pray. I learned yes. it from <laughs> Girl, I was raised Southern Baptist in Southern Oklahoma. You want to talk about praying? I know some things. <laughs> so my husband was born in Guthrie, Oklahoma. I don't what? know if that's Yes. No way. What in the world? Are you? That's crazy. Okay. And also, you know, Marcus Osborne was on my show for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. 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 So we're just, we're connected and we, we didn't even know it, girl. It's pretty nuts. I know, right? It's like, yeah. We're, uh, what is it? Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Marcus is a love. He's a gem. Um, yeah. That's weird. That's a weird Oklahoma connection. I do I want to touch on you. You talking about all of the things that are going on right now is obviously a very big mental weight for all of us. And just like you, I fitness is everything to me. And it's not about the way I look. It's not about, you know, how I look in the mirror or vanity or any of that. I mean, maybe 5%, but Really, it's about health. It's about mental health and keeping myself sane, keeping myself healthy. I had a dad, my dad passed away um, 13, 14 years ago. And uh, it was because 
in part, he was a very unhealthy person. And that was my wake up call. Mm. How did your fitness journey start your, your mental and physical health start? And what does your yeah. practice look like today? Yeah. My, my, my mental practice is, is, is fairly new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because um, it's much needed these days. Much needed. Yeah. But I really started, um, started trying to get into mindfulness maybe about four or five years ago because okay. I, I was just so overwhelmed with with work and again I'm not I'm not good at saying no me really, either right and that's the you know, Oprah calls it the disease to please but yep. but also but the other thing that we were talking about is because of what we do and there's so few of us you know it again it comes with responsibility and and for me, I, you know, I'm the only, you know, black woman PA announcer in baseball. And, you know, unfortunately we don't, now that Jalen Davis is up in Sacramento, we don't have a, a black player on our team right now. So I'm kind of like the black face, you know, of, wow. of science, right. you know, which I take great pride in. And sure. again, this is, the, this is a team that I, you know, grew up rooting for as a little girl. Born yeah. in so that's, that's a whole different conversation of how I ended up in this booth. Yeah. But but, and so it's hard for me to say no, because I know that I have women watching me. I have young women and girls watching me. I have my community that, you know, I have a huge responsibility to. So when I get that call, I'm like, well, of, of course I'm going to do this mentoring session. Of course I'm going to go on this film. Of course I'm going to host the fundraiser for the Equal Justice. Of course I am. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I realized, oh, I'm not making time for myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, and I was like, I've tried meditating before and I, you know, I can't settle this mind, but once I was given the freedom to, you know, that, you know, it's okay if you're, if your mind races, yes. that's normal. Just yeah. bring it back. Bringing but it even, back. Oh yeah. Bring it back. But even just taking deep breaths when you're overwhelmed, that small thing has helped me tremendously. Just stop. It's amazing. Yeah. Just put it on pause. So I, I started getting into that and started saying no more and practice what I preach because of course I tell that to other women. Yeah. You can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're not going to be any good to anybody else. We're not taking care of ourselves. So right. I'm like, oh, you might want to practice what you yeah. preach. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Rennell's like, la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm the same way. I'm always like, can't pour from an empty cup while I'm like, you know, everywhere, all over the place. Yeah, I get it. I know. So it's still a challenge for me, but I have gotten better at it. And my husband is great at saying, do you really need to do this one? Yeah. Look at, <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you realize what you've been doing for the past six days? So, so mindfulness, that's my practice. The first thing in the morning, I, I do my meditation and then I write down at least three things that I'm grateful for. The gratitude journal. I love that. Me too, girl. Um, Five things every single morning. Yep. Yes. It lives on my desk. And then, here. That's my journal. Yep. There you go. And then I have a vision board with all kinds of, you know, motivational, you know, uh, encouraging phrases and things uh, as well. Uh, but so I would start my day like that and then head to the gym and get in a, a almost like a two hour workout. Yes. Well, that's gone now. But my fitness journey began, as I mentioned, I, I, I was a fat kid and I have been, I was Oprah before Oprah was Oprah. I was up and I've been every size. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I started jazzercising, if I can go way back yes. to 1980. <laughs> Girl, leg warmers, the whole thing, you know. Oh, we need a picture um, of Vernell and some 80s leg warmers. We need to make that happen. <laughs> that, that might be a throwback Thursday shot coming your way. <laughs> but uh, that, 
that worked for me because the other thing is when I was a little girl, we weren't encouraged to play sports in the early sixties. It right. just, it was, you know, like I look at all, all, I look at my niece, Megan, who's played basketball and volleyball and soccer, you know, since she was little and had I had that opportunity, who knows what it, it might've done for me. Sure, so yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't athletic. I, fitness wasn't a thing, you know, other than PE in school and who cares? Yeah. So once I got to jazz, I'm like, oh, this is like show business, you know, jazz hands, you know, <laughs> I'm dancing and I'm sweating. I was like, I found something that worked for me. And then yeah. years later, um, I worked, I started working out with a trainer and then it just really loved, um, you know, weightlifting and that, that, that empowerment that comes from that. Yes. Um, and that's been my jam for the last like 20, 20 years. That's so it, I'm a late bloomer to the world of fitness, mm-hmm. Yeah. but it's, it's such an important part. And, and again, for me, it's, it's even more of a mental relief, you know, for me, it's more mental for me to just clear it all out than, than the physical aspect of it, which is interesting because that's the same thing about baseball, baseball, every player I've ever interviewed says the game is more mentally challenging than it is physically. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think people really underestimate the power of mental health when it comes to fitness, because I call running my, my uh, moving meditation because I try to meditate. Um, and I'm, I'm, like you just mentioned, it's hard for me because your mind is racing. You've got like 12 different tabs open all the time. And this is actually very recent. And I have a feeling you might've been there too. When Oprah was at the Chase Center this year, did you go to that? I surely did. Yep. You remember that moment where we all meditated together? Yes. That moment was like it for me. That was where I was like, okay, Wow. I mean, I had tears streaming down my face, the power of like 12,000 people in one room meditating together. It was just like palatable. Like you could feel this energy in the air. It was incredible. Um, and that was the moment I was like, okay, I'm going to take moving meditation, which is my running because that's when I'm quiet and I'm not on the mic and I'm not entertaining and I'm not a dancing chicken and all that stuff. I'm just me. I'm quiet. Um, and then I'm going to try to do it. So the first thing because of COVID, this is like a silver lining, I guess I go in my backyard 430 in the morning. Morning. I do my gratitude journal and I sit there and I'm quiet and I just listen to hummingbirds and whatever the heck is happening. And I, I try to just keep it bringing it back um, because it's such a, yeah. everything is so mentally taxing right now. Um, and I have a four-year-old, so I don't have much quiet in my life. <laughs> so it's a lot. But okay, you need huge. that 4.30 moment. Yeah. You do. It's worth getting up a little bit early for that. You know what I mean? But fitness, like I'm like you. And by the way, can we just talk about Renelle's body? You are in bomb-ass shape. I mean, those like that weightlifting <laughs> and those workouts, sister. Oh, my God. Those arms. Like you got the Thanks. Michelle Obama arm thing happen. It's like, cacao. I mean, <laughs> goal. A lot, lot of work put in on those. I bet. I, <laughs> I bet. But yeah, I, you know, it's funny because you and I connected. I mean, we have like a million connections now. You are now a friend for life. I'm just so you know. Um, but we were connected through the giant race because you're the ambassador for the giant race this year. And in fact, the bobblehead, you're the bobblehead. Have you ever been a bobblehead before? Is this your first bobblehead experience? Okay, how weird is this sentence? No, this is my second bobblehead. <laughs> That's Who gets to say that? Right? No kidding. That's I know. pretty I amazing. was really honored. In, I know. In 2008, I was really honored. I was the bobblehead 
uh, for African American Heritage Night in 2008. Nice. And um, yeah, and the whole bobblehead process is, it is a big deal. You know, they I'm involved every step of the way with the prototype and the first bobblehead in 2008, the guys, again, only woman in the department at that time, uh -huh. the guys that I work with, super, super sweet guys, they were actually more uh, into uh, producing than I was. They were like telling the guys, the manufacturers, no, her earrings need to be bigger. Her diamond on her hands. She needs highlights in her. I mean, they were like into it. That is so awesome. They, yeah. So they kind of replicated my whole setup in the booth. And, and this one is obviously different because she's running and everything. But right. I, I, I'm really super honored to, to be selected. I'm the first um, lady ambassador for the race, the you know, non-player. I'm right. very, very proud of that. Yeah. Um, and, but then the other thing too, Chas, was like, oh, great. The year that I'm really not as fit as I normally would be. <laughs> right, that's the year they pick. Right. I have no gym. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> eating freaking too much. And this is the year you want me to be the best. Okay. Thank you, COVID. Of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think it's so cool when I saw that. I got, before it was announced, I got the information from uh, Giants Enterprises. They had emailed me and I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. I moved here in 2008, so I missed the first bobblehead. So I am excited about this bobblehead. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm excited about it too. Yeah. It, 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 and again, for me, the message really is, you know, just participate in any way that you can right yeah. now. You don't have to be a marathon runner. You can walk it at your own pace. The kids can walk. You can do it in your neighborhood since obviously it's virtual. We can't all, you know, gather on the field at Oracle Park at the finish line like right. we'd like to. But since we are in such extraordinary times and such a challenging time, just even if you just can get out for 15 minutes and get some fresh air and walk it out, I mean, it's just so important to like, like we were saying, grab that time for yourself. Yeah. And, and make it a priority. And we're all so mentally challenged. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine having you said a four-year-old. Yes. I can't imagine. I can't imagine distance learning with, on top of working. And I just, we're all so challenged in so many ways right now. For me, you know, I have a, a mom's 94. We have, yeah. we have our aging parents that we can't even really see. And it's just, I haven't seen my family, you know, my nieces and nephews, you know, since you know february right and they feed my soul so we're all we're all dealing with all this stuff so if you can just get out and move if you if you are a marathon runner go do your thing i'm proud right. you keep going do your, but it's also okay to walk it out and just move just just do something and the other the other component here that i'm really excited about which fits in so well is that we're going to be raising money for the baby hunters point ymca love that that's great to tie it all that's right. Fitness, and it was important that I pick a area that is, you know, that is right in our neighborhood near the ballpark, and also, you know, it's challenging in underprivileged communities to to eat healthy and mm -hmm. to get your fitness on. And the Baby Y is doing amazing things, even in the midst of COVID, virtually and everything. So I really wanted to shine a focus on them and help raise some much needed funds for them as well. You and I are so aligned on the way that we think and and feel. Uh, you know, I always say, I emailed it to you yesterday, you know, do what you can with what you have where you are. You know, you don't have to do the marathon. I've done half marathons before. I won't be with the giant race. I'm doing, I'll tell you a funny story. I'm doing the 5K because what's cool about the, the giant race this year, if we're looking for silver linings, is the fact that it's virtual. So you can literally do it from anywhere. So I'm going to be on vacation in Tahoe. We have a cabin up there and I'm running in Tahoe. And so when I was picking my, yeah, 
Yeah. When I was picking my race though, I was like 5k, 10k or half. All right. I run like five times a week, but I'm like, that's an altitude. <laughs> that's a totally different story. I'm like, I'm not going to do a half marathon in altitude. So we're going to pull it back. So I'm doing the 5k as well, but I'll be running it amongst the beauty of Tahoe virtually with everybody taking pictures and posting. And I'm so excited. And I do really think it's a cool thing. You can walk it, you can run it, hell, you can crawl it. We don't care. Uh, as long as you're out there doing something good for your health, the giant race is a really cool thing to get your butt off the couch and get you motivated in all this craziness, right? <laughs> exactly. So important right now. So important right now. And I really, I was a, I was a good runner for a long time. And uh, with my with my trainer Elizabeth, we would run, and she's a good talker. And I, she, I just, I just tell me stories while I run. Just keep, just keep talking. Yeah, and entertain me and everything. Yeah. But then, it, but then there were after I really got into it, I said to her one morning, I said, "Oh my God, I can really feel my core." And she almost burst into tears because <laughs> because she's like, "Now you're a really a runner. Yeah. You did it. You're a runner." <laughs> and I so always... and I think I emailed you then. I emailed you that I, I tried to start running uh, after shelter in place and my old body was like, excuse you, you haven't done this in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> You're not in your 50s or your 40s anymore, so just back off a little bit. Yeah, okay? calm, calm down a little bit. It's always amazing. There are certain things when you when you're a runner, you know, there are certain things and it always makes me laugh when you get out there, you're a couple blocks into your run and you feel like you're like a parkour expert. Like I can jump off a building, I can like leaps and bounds. I'm good. Then you like get 2 miles in, you're like, "Son of a, what am I doing?" <laughs> But it is a mental game. <laughs> Going back to, to baseball, it's true. Like some things are just, you got to get in your head and it's mind over matter and running is that way. So if you want to run, go for it, but you don't have to. Uh, the giant race is literally for everybody and anybody. Uh, so if you guys want to register, I want to make sure we get out the information, giantrace.com. Uh, so it's a really, really cool thing. And I am so honored that it was able to connect us, Rennell. I'm I'm so just blown away by who you are. You're such an inspiration on a million different levels. So thank Thank you really for taking the time with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, and you. I it's, knew it's you were going to, yeah, it really is. I know. Yeah. We're going to have more of these chats hopefully in the future. Uh, where will you be doing the giant race from your neighborhood? I'm going to be doing it. Yeah. In McLaren park. I live near McLaren park. So okay. my, myself and Lizzie, my trainer, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to power walk it and maybe get a run in there. I got a couple of weeks yeah. to, get, to get myself <laughs> back up to speed. So far, so good. That's right. But yeah, I'll be doing it here in my neighborhood. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And when, by the way, you do get the bobblehead when you register. You also get a t-shirt and a giant skater and uh, playlists. Alyssa Nacken, the first female coach in Major League Baseball. I love that. She's got a playlist. And yeah, most importantly for me, the medal. Fantastic. Come on. I mean. You gotta, come on. And how, and how cool, like all of its giant swag. So you get all this giant's coolness and you got a giant's medal. So you can look on your wall and be like, I did a thing. Look at that. I did a thing. Exactly. And that, and that will continue to inspire you to keep moving. Absolutely. You do one thing and you just, I always tell myself that. And I've talked about that in this podcast too. You do little things and then you build on top of them. And then you start going, okay, I did that thing. So I can do this thing. And you just build on top of it. Um, and, and that's why running is a good, and I know you have talked about baseball being a metaphor for life. Your commencement speech, by the way, you did a couple of years ago is so inspiring. People need Thank to go watch that. I'm going to post that in my show notes because if you need a pep talk, 
Oh, like it's so good. It's so good. I've watched that several times actually. Uh, But you talk about baseball being a metaphor for life. And I I feel that way about running too. You just build on those steps, you know, one step at a time. You just keep, keep going through, keep making it. Well, I could, I could spend a long, long time with you, Renelle. I really appreciate you. And I hope we will talk again soon. I do too. This has just been a joy for me. And again, long overdue. And like you said, we're friends for life. We're connected now. I love it. And please call on me if you, if you need me for anything, even if you you just need to vent, like I said, I have good girlfriends in this business. Yeah. Right. Right. I know. As radio girls, we got to stick together. together girl so listen i'm really proud of you i i and just keep on doing what you're doing continued success to you and next time we do this can we have wine oh my god i was just gonna say that that's so weird i was like the only thing i feel like i just kicked my feet up and i've been hanging with my bestie for like 40 minutes i'm like the only problem is i'm looking around for my cocktail i'm like where's where's my beer you know i run for beer too that's true story (laughs) oh i run for tequila that's what i do I have a little charm on my running shoe that says run for beer. I'm going to get you one that says run for tequila. (laughs) I love it. I love you, doll. You have a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Love you too. Thanks for this opportunity. Oh gosh. Thank you. And there you have it. Isn't Rennell a treasure? Oh my gosh. As you could hear, I just totally fell in love with her. Uh, what an inspiration. I hope you got some value out of that, as I'm sure you did. Rennell is such a motivating, sweet, beautiful human being, and we can all learn from her in a lot of different ways. Chase your dreams. Live your best life. Do the cool job. How cool is her job? My gosh. And she does it so well. All right, you guys, one more time. If you do want to run the giant race with Rennell and I, giantrace.com to sign up. The race is happening virtually from anywhere you want to run, walk or crawl. Uh, on Sunday, September 6th. So make sure you sign up sooner than later and go check out all the cool giant swag that you get when you sign up. And you have to check out her bobblehead. It is so cute. I can't even handle it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for spending time with Ronelle and I today. What a fun podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing. That's always helpful. And if you want bonus points, you could rate and review it. But you know what your mama says, only if you've got something good to say. If you don't have anything good to say, Don't say anything at all. All right. If you want to connect with me, you can hit me up on email, chastaonair at gmail.com. Or you can, of course, hit me up on social media as well. On Instagram, I'm at chastalynn, C-H-A-S-T-A-L-Y-N-N. Facebook is Chasta Radio and Twitter is Chasta. All right. Have a wonderful week. We will talk next week. And until then, remember, rock your life.